The download is complete. Welcome to the AV Podcast. Hi, this is Ian Collin from 360 Gamer Magazine, and welcome to this week's gaming podcast. Coming up, we've got the latest news. We'll also be reviewing Football Manager on the Xbox 360. We'll also be taking time out to chat about whether video games make good movies and whether good movies necessarily make good video games. The AV Podcast Gaming News with Ian Collin and Seth Gecko. Okay, so we'll be kicking off the, the news in fairly predictable style with the launch of the Wii in the UK. Finally went on sale last Friday. Launch relatively low-key as opposed to the, the US and Japan, but it seemed to go fairly smoothly. 50,000 consoles were apparently sold in the first 12 hours. There are a few disappointed people around, I believe. A lot of people who placed pre-orders probably going to have to wait a few more days to get hold of their, uh, their consoles. But um, everybody seemed reasonably happy with it, I think. Already a few of them appeared on eBay. Um, what is it? I think about 1,200 of that 50,000 went up on eBay within the first few hours, um, selling for up to around 500 pounds, I think, which it's not a bad markup. You spent 180 pounds on your, your Wii in the first place. I think I have to agree with you there, uh, Ian, regarding the Wii consoles being sort of low key. I, I think, in terms of from a gaming point of view, it was very enthusiastic and a lot of people uh, were out there. Um, I know I was. Uh, in, in shops and people were still going, can I buy a Wii? And you know the, the people behind the shop counters just pointing and laughing maniacally at them. Um, a lot of them went out on eBay and as you said some people were charging four or five hundred pounds but if you spend that kind of money there's only one saying that springs to mind, fool and his money are easily parted. <laughs> you can understand why one or two people might be tempted by it though because it's an ideal Christmas present and it doesn't look like there's going to be enough out there for everybody to get one before Christmas who hasn't pre-ordered already. Although I think Amazon and one or two websites suddenly seem to find a few thousand lying around uh, that could just quickly put online. Um, but yeah, I think it's looking that if you haven't already pre-ordered one, you're going to be waiting until the, the new year until you get a chance to play one, which is yeah unfortunate for, for several. Yeah, I've but, actually um, seen on one site that uh, the, the anticipated delivery date is February. Now, you know, I've, personally I would wait, but uh, you know, I, I wouldn't spend more than the RRP on a console. I have to be honest, and if, it, and, and if anyone wanted to use the old chestnut of my kid wanted one on Christmas morning, then I think I'd come out with the line of, and it knows what it's like to want. <laughs> I'll, I'll get by, I'll, I'll have better things to be doing on Christmas Day, I think. Um, Eating yeah. turkey for starters. Um, yeah, trying to feel better. As opposed my... to playing a few turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. Oh, we've got the, um, we've got the sales figures back from uh, the US uh, game launches, and the games have been selling pretty well over in the the US. Though Legend of Zelda, um, unsurprisingly, the best-selling Wii game so far. Um, but quite impressively, it's the uh, the fourth best-selling overall for all consoles, which I think is not bad for a, a launch uh, month title. It's actually more impressive for the fact that it outsold PS3. Yeah, PS3 got no games in the top 20, poor little fellas. No, I'm talking consoles. Um, it actually outsold the, the PS3 console in, in the US. Oh yeah, oh sorry. Uh, <laughs> That's alright. I got the game side on, man. So I was thinking, yeah, I haven't got the figures. I know that uh, PS3 figures turned out to be a little bit lower, unsurprisingly, than what uh, Sony first said. I think mm. uh, in November it's less than 200,000, and they sort of yeah. predicted 400,000. 
But I think that was widely expected anyway, quite early on, that they wouldn't be able to hit that figure. That's right. It was around the 200,000 for the PS3, and the Wii sold somewhere in the region of 490-odd thousand. It was really barking on the heels of the, the of the record, which was for the 360, at 510,000. Yeah. So, um, at the moment, the pecking order does appear to be, bearing in mind all three consoles are out in the States, Xbox is the, is the big one, um, Wii is the second one, and PS3 is bringing up the rear. Yeah, <laughs> in many ways. Um, There's I so many jokes I could take there right now. <laughs> yeah, best to stop. <laughs> Although the one thing is, if I mean, talking about PS3 figures, this is just one note that I've got scribbled down at the bottom um, that I thought was just quite interesting. The fact that in Japan, PS3 sales um, since the launch have already surpassed sales of the Xbox 360 ever. I think um, Xbox 360 at the uh, last count, I think, it sold less than 180,000. Um, and PS3's just passed that figure just from uh, sales in November. I mean, that's, that's typical Japan, isn't it? They, they hate the Microsoft um, game systems and they yeah. hate Nintendo and Sony. <laughs> is that yeah, really a, a shock? No, not at all. There's a quote, I think, from Bill Gates saying that uh, Sony could make 80,000 bricks and people in Japan would still buy them. And they probably and, uh, have. <laughs> been, what, two each, by the sounds of things. Not been doing badly at all. The only other one fun thing that comes out of the Wii launch um, it's just it's been the whole um, the accents and things that people have been having with the remote or the Wiimote. Um, it's been it's almost public health warnings going out that people should take a little bit of care with these things. Um, I've seen uh, various photos. There's a website quality name called wehaveaproblem.com, which is just full of photographs of people who've just got remotes sticking out of screens and just basically trashed half their living room just from flailing their arms around trying to play various Wii games. And um, so, yeah, if you if you do get one for Christmas, it's definitely a public health warning um, coming to you now from this AV podcast. Especially Christmas Day, a little bit of boost perhaps, not a good time to be playing it. Take care, kids. It's a dangerous weapon. But no, seriously, I don't understand. I, I, I think it's just um, people doing it for the sake of doing it. From, the, from from my perspective, because there's no reason the strap's not that bad, and you know if you hold the the, the, the Wiimote you know, in a decent grip, you know, it's not going to slip out of your hand. So, well, PC fans who've been waiting for Stalker: Shadow of Chernobyl for the last four years will probably be happy with the announcement that THQ have released some new screenshots. They've also released, just recently, the pack shot of the box. Now, this doesn't sound exciting news as it stands. However, if, they've already, if they're starting to release pack shots and the um, screenshots of the game, it usually indicates that the game is forthcoming very shortly. In fact, there are rumours that it's going to see um, the shop shelves around January or February next year. Now... The, the big question is, is will Stalker actually be any good now? Because since it was announced in 2002, we've had major titles such as Fear, um, Half-Life 2, um, and the other major FPS games have all come out. And like I say, it was four years ago when it was innovative, but now it doesn't look so much. So it's going to be a tough one in terms of, is it going to be good or not? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, four years is a long time. Like I say, development hell. I mean, they must have made some quite significant changes uh, over that period of time. I don't know, I haven't seen the shots myself. How, how are they looking? Well, the shots themselves actually look very good. Um, it's very difficult to tell, obviously, because one doesn't know what hardware they were using. Um, and the other side of the coin is you don't know how much it's progressed from the 2002 um, 
that they were when they announced it um, yeah. and the early indications. When I mean, you've also got to remember, graphics card technology has moved on leaps and bounds. You know, we're on the verge of um, DX10 um, with the release of Vista, which again should be January or February next year. However, having said that, the graphics look um, from the screenshots look very good. Now, the one thing that is most notable from for, to my eye is that um, it doesn't appear to have any anti-aliasing. So they look a little bit jagged in places, but again, that could be down to either you know, the screenshots or the hardware that they're using. It's very difficult to say. But it, like you say, it was, it was a big title. It was a big name a while ago, so it's going to be quite a lot of excitement about finally being able to get a chance to see this game in action. It's like, been waiting long enough. Yeah, that's that is the big thing. I mean, it it, it really does look like it's going to be the first big PC title of next year. Um, I mean. Depending on your viewpoint, you've got um, World of Warcraft, Burning Crusade as well coming out, but that's only you know, realistically an expansion pack. This is something that's been in the making for four years, um, and it should see the light of day. And you know, it does look impressive, and the gameplay at the time, you know, was touted as uh, as pretty immersive, an excellent storyline, and something that people would be able to get behind. But we are in you know post Half Life Two. Um, and with uh, Half-Life 2 Episode 2 uh, going to come out very shortly, I, I imagine, you know, it's got some big competition. But it will be interesting to see how well it does do. You know, are there going to be huge sales on the game based on the fact that it, my God, it's out, or are there going to be huge sales based on the fact that you know people actually read reviews, play it, and go, wow, it's actually a really good shooter. Hopefully, a bit of both. Okay, finally, there's one thing that I have to do. It's a, uh, it's a bit of a plug, but um. Magazine I work for, 360 Gamer, got a online awards, uh, readers awards up for grabs, 2006 awards. But I think it's worth a tout because we're one of the few where you can vote for every single Xbox 360 game that there's been. So instead of giving you like five, six, seven options or something like that to choose from, I've got 16 categories, and for every category you can vote for any game that you like. I don't know, people have got certain favourite games, you've got Ghost Recon, things like that. People say, oh yeah, you know, that, that was the best. A lot of people will be voting for a game like that. But you can go in there, you can vote for Amps, you can vote for FIFA, you can vote for Test Drive, you can vote for anything you like. So yeah, if you want to have a say, if you want to uh, let the world know what you think the best Xbox 360 games in a variety of categories are, then you can go online to www.360-gamer.co.uk and you can have your say today. I'm sure you'll be on there, won't you, Seth? <laughs> Straight yeah. away. Yeah, it just happened to be that you picked Ghost Recon. I I'm sure that there's a subtle dig there, me. Oh yeah, because I know you're a big fan. I guess you won't be voting for that one. No, somehow I think not. Unless, of course, there's a, a, a NAFIST game category. There is. And oh, you well, will... there you go. <laughs> and like I say, all titles are there to be voted for. So if you want to list that as being your worst title of 2006, get on there and go for it. Well, as there's no Scooby-Doo title on the uh, Xbox 360, it, it might just have to be. Yoinks. Okay, the closing date there, you've got until um, just for the end of this month, I think it's the 29th of December, to get your votes in, and we'll come back to you in due course with all the results um, to let you know what the real gamers think of the best Xbox 360 games of the past 12 months. And uh, on that note, we'll leave that there. That's the gaming news for this week. For the biggest and best DVD and HD news and reviews, visit avplay.com. The world's longest-lasting batteries from Energizer. Energizer Ultimate Lithium take up to 630 photos in digital cameras. 
compared to just 90 with ordinary alkaline batteries. Perfect for MP3 players. Ultimate lithium lasts up to five and a half hours longer and are ideal for when you're on the move. Chances are you're going to need batteries again this Christmas. Choose Energizer Ultimate Lithium. Energizer. It's what's inside that counts. Join the discussion at Europe's largest home cinema website. Log in to avforums.com. This week's Games Review. Okay, so this week I've been playing Football Manager on the Xbox 360 and have been playing it quite extensively, as you could imagine, from a, a Football Manager title, which is still as fantastically borderline addictively annoying as uh, as ever before. I don't you may remember that I've reviewed the PC version a few weeks ago. Being an Xbox 360 gamer, I had to give the, the Xbox 360 version a go, and I have to say, no great differences between the two, as you'd expect. I scored the PC version 9 out of 10, I believe, and I will duly be scoring the Xbox 360 version the very same 9 out of 10. But it is still very much a PC port as many people would expect anyway so I mean if you want to check up on some of the details you can check back onto avplay.com and you'll find the review of Football Manager for the PC version that I did in which case you can pretty much tick all the same boxes for what's on the Xbox 360 version but what the 360 version has done quite well is kind of got to grips with the controls a little bit a little bit better than it has done in previous versions for the Xbox they've tweaked it so that uh, you've got the, the triggers give easy access to the, the action menus the shoulder buttons, which are much more convenient on the 360, let you scroll through the tabs a lot easier. It does still take a little bit of getting used to, especially if you're a big fan of the PC, if you've been using the PC version to play all your various management games on in the past. It does still take a little bit of getting used to. But once you can get back into the swing of it, do you get a good feel for the game, and it does become as enjoyable as it ever has done before. And as I say, borderline addiction does kick in. Specialist 360 features, the only thing really um, that will distinguish it from the PC version is the Xbox Live content. We've got a few different modes, basically where you can take your, your offline team, you can post it online, set up tournaments, play against other teams and so on, just setting up your own tournaments, playing the team that you play offline. Just get all your mates, you're going to be boasting about who's got the best team and who knows who the best players are. So now you can take all those players online, set up a tournament amongst yourselves and find out who really is telling the truth. But the one feature as well which I think is uh, particularly nice is a feature called uh, Fantasy Draft Mode where basically you get a few people together um, but you don't take a team online with you. You start off as pools of players and you take it in turns to pick a player from each of these pools. So until at the end you've all got your own teams together, you've just picked from these uh, pools a few moments before then you get to set your tactics pitch, pitch them together into a tournament and then see how things go from there so you don't get your chance to groom your star players like you have done if you take it straight from your offline game so this is very kind of spontaneous very intense just to see who is there and then on the day the best manager of them all I have to say it's not always been me it's just it's a nice new approach it's an, a decent idea that's been reasonably well implemented I don't see it's going to prove to be a massive uh, online lure for Xbox gamers, but it's a nice touch and one that I think works well within the context of the game. So yeah, overall, as I said before, it's very, very similar to the PC version. Graphically, it's a little bit inferior. They haven't glossed it over as much as the PC version, but then wasn't really expecting it to be any great shakes visually anyway, so we can't really complain about it too much. But in terms of gameplay, plays okay, and... If you, if you like Football Manager, if you know Football Manager, you'll know what it's about and you'll probably know already whether you're going to love it or not. Um, and all I can do is just say that it won't disappoint. 
Brought to you by AV Forums and AVPlay.com. Oh my God, is there nothing you people can't do? This is the AV Podcast. Okay, so the topic of the week we thought I'd have a, a bit of a discussion about is video games and movies and the relationship between the two. Because obviously it's the, the silly season, so you get a lot of uh, films coming out, a lot of kids' films with the obligatory almost gaming tie-ins. So we thought we'd have a look and see whether you know, we can maybe think of one or two that have, have worked well, that have transformed from video games into decent films or from films into decent video games. Seth, I don't know if you've got any instant thoughts off the top of your head. If you say video games and movies, what do you generally think? Because uh. <laughs> that's a consensus. There aren't generally very many good video game to film conversions. And similarly, vice versa, not many uh, big films make necessarily good video games. If we could do it chronologically almost. Um, I don't think you want to dwell on the distant past too much, but the first game that comes into your head is Street Fighter. Um, well, for me anyway, which was an abysmal film conversion. It's, I mean, the game, it's a classic, legendary game, and they made a bit of an effort, at least, of trying to get some of their game into the film, but just failed horribly. But, um, but yeah, but it's a trend that seems to be ongoing, and will hopefully be getting a lot more of. Um, I mean, obviously we've got the Halo 3 scenario, um, we've talked about several times in the past, which film seemingly uh, put on hold for a little bit, but it's still going to be there, thereabouts. Other titles as well, looking at the Hitman film coming out, Splinter Cell, one of the Tom Clancy titles. Uh, maybe Tom Clancy will be getting one or two more films coming his way, I would have thought, based on the success of the games. But yeah, should be a Splinter Cell game coming out in the next three, four years. So it's, it's one that's definitely going to be ongoing. Uh, I think the more terrifying thought is the fact that Resident Evil 3 is coming out in 2007. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have no problem in looking, looking at Mia Jovovich, but I do have a problem with those movies as a, as a whole. So I, I like the first one. Sorry. I like the first watched... one, the second one was not great. That, that, I think not great is being far, far too kind to the second movie. Um, although that going off on a slight tangent, unfortunately, that was the uh, the argument was um, everyone knocks CGI and going oh the CGI looks awful, so they went for man in a rubber suit, and then everyone knocks the man in a rubber suit, saying why didn't they go for CGI? So they can't win. Um, but it was just a really bad idea. Um, I feel um, maybe the the, uh, the the third one will uh, sort of improve, but you know. Might be okay. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I'll have me here so I can watch it from one point of view, but not from a film point of view. It's not going to be top of your list, is it? I don't think. It'll be one no, that you want to see. No, 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 certainly not. But, um, yeah, it's interesting if you think about it. You know, we've got the, you know, it, do you look at the movies that have become video games, such as, say, Scarface, um, and then you've got the, the opposite way, which is like the Resident Evils, and you do. So, you know, we, what is a preferred way of dealing with it you know do, do uh, decent video games make poor movies or do good movies make poor video games I think it's kind of it's changing the way I see it, it always used to be that um, video games would be made based on films you know the film would do well and people would think okay how can we just drag this desperately across into a video game um, but now I think just because of the way that uh, I mean, not just visually through the whole next generation technologies and the like, but games in general are becoming more movie-like. So it's becoming easier for uh, filmmakers to take the concept of a video game. We've already got a decent story there. I've got a visual idea of how well it can look. 
Um, so it's becoming easier for them just to, to pad that out and hopefully make it into a decent film. But it is that hopefully make it into a decent film bit, which is um, usually quite worrying. Yeah, I'm I'm just waiting for your example. I'm sorry. I'm going, but name one. I, I keep on thinking of really, really you know, going way back. You know, Friday the 13th movie. Video game. Um, you know, it, it was that bad. Um, Evil Dead, same thing. Um, good, reasonable, you know, good horror film. It is, it is a good horror film. Um, but as a video game, diabolical. Um, that is the Mortal, trouble if Mortal, you... Mortal Kombat. Enough said. Um, oh, see, 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 when you start thinking about these things, Super Mario. Shoot, no, that, that was not <laughs> fair on anybody. But that's the thing. Yes. It's the, that's the trouble because I mean, that's our skepticism. Is because the list of bad conversions far, far outweighs the list of ones that we can even say are okay. Um, Go on, say one that's okay. <laughs> One that's, okay, which way are we looking at? Are you going Don't video games? That's... Something, that's, something that has ended up, uh, you know, um, if, you're, if it's, if it's um, started life as a video game, then it's got to be a good movie. And if it started life as a, as a movie, it made a good video game. Uh, well, the one, there's been a couple, um, I think. Spider-Man 2, I think, was one of the first, I think mainly as well because it was a superhero conversion as well, which have generally been appalling in uh, all history, whether it's film links or not. But Spider-Man 2 came out and I thought that that was a, an excellent game. Maybe not one that would be particularly at the top of my list of favourite games, but I know a lot of people got a lot of fun out of that. Yeah, I think that's more of a direct link, you know, from a movie, that was a, a bit like the Super Mario Returns um, game. You know, yeah. it was, it, it's part and parcel of, of the whole sort of thing. Um, but it's not Sort of synonymous with the you know the Resident Evil, it was a game, and then many moons later it was a you know it was a movie, um, or like I say, Scarface is such an old movie, um, and then they brought out the game. So you know I don't think you can think of well, I I couldn't you know, I don't think of Spider-Man 2 or Superman Returns as a movie that brought out the game because they came out practically at the same time. And it's all part of the marketing thing, you know. Yeah, that's um, it. It's the, with the to uh, with the toys, it's obligatory kind of like, franchise. Cash yeah. in, pretty much. These do have to come out. I'm thinking, you know, something, you know, like I've just sort of stated, you know, there was one, and then they bring out like Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat was never designed as a film, and it should have stayed that way. Yeah, hell yes. So, you know, is there anything that you can? I mean, I, I, Doom, Doom for me, great game, sucky movie. I don't care what anybody says. Um, you know, everyone goes, oh, it was eye candy. Oh, it had a really good soundtrack. Yeah, but as a film, it was poor as. It wasn't. It had its moments. I liked the bit when they tried the first-person shoot perspective when they gave that a go. It was a bold move. Maybe it looked good. I think it worked well, um, and it was something that you hadn't really seen before. It worked, but it's that, that is a problem though for them is to try and. Uh, it's, you don't want to try and stay too faithful, but then you don't want to be too disrespectful to the film or the game that you're basing the the alternate about. It, so, is a, it is a hard one to balance. I will, I will grant you that. I mean, it's a bit like you know, you, the one that you said, Resident Evil, that you sort of liked. You know, the problem with the Resident Evil, the movie, um, was they tried to concentrate, sort of, to, in, in what some ways, parts of the game, like the dogs. Yeah. You know, in the very first Resident Evil game, I don't know anybody that did not jump when you walked down the um, sort of that uh, balcony area, and the dog leapt at the window 
which was nearer to you, sort of from the 3D point of view. Yeah. Everybody jumped to that. But they tried that basically in the movie by having the dogs more than the zombies, really. Yeah. Worked on that level. It didn't have that kind of suspense feeling of the game. That's the thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing from a gaming perspective, is that it's hard not to feel let down by a film conversion of what may be one of your favourite games. Um, it's just because you're looking at it thinking, oh, but this wants to be in there. That's got to be in there if they're going to make a, a film based on this game. But even if you ignore that, even as a zombie movie, it was poor. Yeah. I didn't mind the first one, but the second <laughs> one wasn't great. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm not. Uh, the third one's not top of my must watch list, I must admit. It's like, what is uh, Dead or Alive? That's coming out soon. Have you seen the trailers for that? I I haven't seen the the the, the trailers for basically Jibble Wars. Um, I know it comes out on DVD in beginning of January, doesn't it? Yeah. But, but that's another one. It's like you know, we have a game. It's a beat 'em up, and and uh, you know, what, what are they marketing it as? Uh, titillation. Um, uh, more yeah. emphasis on the first pattern of the first syllable. I feel there. Um, that's basically all it is. It's um, not an Oscar contender, is it? Um, it's a raspberry, it's a razzy contender. Um, it will get, uh, I feel, um, it's pretty poor. I mean, I mean even the actors, uh, actors and actresses, basically actresses, isn't it? Um, aren't exactly uh, sort of A-list material. No, but then yeah, maybe um, but looking at a few other titles. Might be... <laughs> We're hoping that a few titles might um, get some kind of uh, A-list. Uh, quality attached to them. I mean, we mentioned Halo with Peter Jackson, whether that's going ahead or not, I don't know. Um, uh, Universal God. and 20th Century Fox have pulled funding on it, so... Yeah, so just waiting for another investor to come in. It, I'm sure it will go ahead in some form, but you just hope that it doesn't suddenly get horribly cheapened and come out in some random poor piece of tat just because they feel they have to get the movie done. You want to hold out and make sure that they do do it right. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, one example that I've been looking at recently is I got to go and see the the game John Woo presents Stranglehold. I don't know if you've uh, seen anything on this particular game. Um, I, do, I do know of the of the title. Yes. It's do you know the the John Woo film Hard Boiled with Chow Yun Fat? Yeah. Um, from a while ago. Well, this game is touted as being the spiritual sequel, and I'm quoting one of the development team there, calling it spiritual sequel to Hard Boiled, and it features the same character, uh, Inspector Tequila Chow Yun Fat. Um, is it, he'll be in the game as well, his likeness, his voice, and so on. And John Woo himself is involved in the project. Um, and this is the the video game kind of uh, side of things. So they've taken a film um, and just completely reinvented it as a, a video game. So it's not a remake, it's just they've completely gone to town on it. And it looks superb. It is typically John Woo over the top, guns and bombs, fiesta, extravagance. It's just, it looks superb. But then. It's like the the actual little tweak on it as well is that having made the game, um, John Woo himself was quoted as saying uh, he didn't know how to make a sequel to Hard Boiled, um, and then this opportunity came along, so he's kind of played around with that. And now we're looking at the the possibilities for them making a. Uh, it's you know nothing's been confirmed, suggested, or anything like that as such, but it's still sort of rumours that they might be able to make a film based on a game based on a film, which is just. It's it's going crazy, but it looks good though. I think um, the whole kind of cinematic style of video games now it does kind of lend itself quite well to this style of film, perhaps. Yeah, I think it's there's a difference between um, sort of having a game that might be influenced like that, 
then being a direct tie-in, you know, that's just part and parcel of the, the, you know, the same thing. I mean, like we said, you know, the Mario, the, the Mortal Kombat, the Resi Evils, the Dooms, um, you know, there are a huge list of, of you know, sort of tie-ins that have come out. You know, they were, they were, they'd done the Simpsons games, because that was tying in, um, and they didn't you know, really work until sort of the last one. Um, was it Road Rage? Yeah. Um, which wasn't too bad. Um, the 24 game, you know, was quite a good stab, but then there was a lot more control in terms of, you know, um, the sort of the TV studio um, and, you know, sort of Keith Sutherland and all that, having much more um, hands-on with the material. And I, yeah. think that's, I think that's probably where it all goes a bit awry. Um, when you sort of, you know, you've only got to think of sort of the Matrix games. You know, the, the scope there for the games was very, very good. But, you know, the the first game felt really flat. Um, I never did see the Path of Neo, and there's probably good reasons for that. You didn't miss um, anything. No, that's it. Um, and M The Matrix Online never really kind of took off. Yeah, that's the thing. I think hopefully that um, between them, the, the, the filmmakers and the game makers will base their future content just on the the premise or the core content that they have to deal with and don't stick with doing uh, straight conversions. I mean, you get the kids' titles, fair enough. Like, uh, we had Cars recently, which is just pretty much throwing all the elements of the, the film into a game that everybody's going to know and love just because they, you know, they're into the cartoon. It's just a fun little thing for them to do. But then when you get the more, not serious titles, but, I mean, you just mentioned The Matrix there, you don't want it to be particularly like the film. I'd rather be based on the concept of the premise of uh, the film, like um, remember when Riddick came out um, based on just the character of Riddick from the Pitch Black film. Yeah, Escape from Butcher Bay. Yeah, which was just, it just took the idea, took the character and the scenario and put that into a game so they had a lot more creative license, could actually concentrate on making a decent game based on a decent film rather than just doing some poor conversion that just was going to fail from day one. Agreed, but again, that reiterates the point that um, the people that care about these things were more hands-on. Vin Diesel was very proactive with Butcher Bay. Yeah. So, you know, when people love the material and they and they take a much more vested interest, then you get something, you know, sort of rich and worth having. But when it's kind of, you know, not played for laughs, but just sort of done, um, not even in terms of merchandising and uh, tie cash tie-ins directly, when, you know, like the, car, like the movie's cars, where it's all tied into the same... Uh, event, you know, you're going to get yeah. the toys, you're going to get the, you know, the models, and, you know, you're going to go and, into KFC and buy a Happy Meal or whatever, um, and, and get the toy with it. it. It's such a big merchandising machine, so inevitably they're going to bring out a game for it. But when you get something that is kind of special, like say Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit is a very um, cinematic uh, game, um, yeah. and it could easily lend itself to a movie. But you get the idea that if they did that, it would just take so much, you know, sort of out of the actual game experience and the movie would just let's be honest suck like all the other ones before it it's one of those kind of things where you hope that they don't because it may well spoil the whole video game experience if you see yeah. it ruined in a film can you imagine but, if you got something like that and then the movie came out you watch the movie you think it's awful well, then they release the second game and you'd be kind of well i enjoyed the first game but the movie was awful and i'm not really sure if i want yeah but yeah you know, I, I i wouldn't want to be in that situation I must say, I do quite like the the whole way that um, gaming is more cinematic now. I mean, Fahrenheit was an example where they actually took a style where they, uh, you can see it with quite a few games, where they 
deliberately sort of um, make the image sort of grainier so it does almost look more film-like. And, you know, you've got the whole cutscenes and everything like that that all kind of throw together. So it does become more... I mean, a lot of games are almost more Hollywood than a lot of Hollywood films are, just simply because they can glam it up. And as a media, video games, it's got very few restrictions. And uh, you can sort of uh, spend your own belief. You can get away with doing you know, many, many things. You've got CGI in movies. But um, if it's interactive, like in a video game, then it becomes, uh, I don't know, a much better experience, much more fun experience. And then if you see that tainted uh, in a film, in a way that you know you can't spend your belief for and you see it and you think oh no that's rubbish then that does spoil the whole experience for you and you kind of think I don't make the film don't make a Fahrenheit film and screw it up please don't no I think that's I think that's basically I think sort of you know my point of view is is if you've got a, a very good game or a very good movie you really don't want it to be either diluted or ruined by something you know coming out I mean it's even to a degree sequelitis yeah, um, you know, sometimes Resident Evil 2 may or may not have been as good as the first one, depending on your viewpoint. Yeah, and, and it's it really, you know, when they start flogging a, a horse or even the movies, um, as, as, you know, say say George Lucas, who's you know everybody knows I love to death. Um, he, you know, he had his first trilogy; he should have left it alone, and then he brought the second trilogy out, and most people didn't really go for it, um, and it it does tarnish the memory of what was before it. So I think that you know there is a point where you think to yourself you should walk away and let things be. Although to be fair, George Lee's Star Wars films have brought quite a lot of quality games. I mean, not direct tie-ins, but um, Star Wars is a fine example of uh, one film that has spawned a lot of decent games, a lot of good um, games. Well, it's also spawned quite a few sucky ones. There's been a few rubbish ones, I must admit as well. <laughs> but yeah, you've got uh, Battlefront, Republic Commando. It's... For every Knights of the Round, uh, was it Knights of the Republic? Knights of the Republic. Um, you've got um, what was the one? Star Wars Galaxy, I think it was, which was their online. Didn't the... wasn't particularly great. Didn't do well, and then Sony really ruined it. Um, so it, it's a tough one. Okay, well I think um, between us we've been very inconclusive and uh, not entirely positive about a lot of the the games and film conversions that we've seen. Um, maybe one or two titles we've mentioned: Riddick. Um, Scarface, Godfather, recent titles, Spider-Man, some of the Star Wars titles, a couple of the Bond games perhaps have been quite good. Um, but as a whole, we, I don't know, it sounds as if we've given quite a negative list. So I don't know whether uh, anybody listening has got any quality titles that they'd like to suggest, or maybe agree, disagree with some of the titles that we've given so far. Maybe even come up with a few ideas of games that they'd like to see turned into films or films that they think would make great games. Uh, if you've got any ideas or suggestions, then go onto the podcast forum, let us know, and uh, maybe we'll come back to you with a few of the best suggestions. But um, but from us, we're going to have to, to leave it there for this week, because otherwise we're just going to keep talking on and coming up with a lot of uh, possibly regrettable games. Um, and, yeah, we'll trust your judgment to come up with some of the better ones. For up-to-the-minute AV discussion and hardware reviews, visit avforums.com. And that's all for this week's gaming podcast. If you'd like to leave us feedback, then please feel free to leave a post in the podcast forum at avforums.com. Alternatively, you can get interactive and leave a voice message on our answering machine. You can just dial 0208 123 9587. That's 0208 123 9587. Alternatively, you can send an email to podcast at avforums.com. 
This is Ian Collins saying thanks for listening and we'll see you again for our Christmas special next week. The AV Podcast was presented by Ian Collin and Seth Gecko. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content including sound clips and music is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.